Hello, it's David here. If you're a new listener to the Leader Coronavirus Daily, thank you for joining in. We're here every weekday from four o'clock. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out on our news analysis and interviews. Please give us a rating too, and it would be lovely if you could tell your friends about us. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Another twist in the tale of Dominic Cummings and that trip to Durham. They haven't said that Dominic Cummings definitely has committed an offence. What they say is that he may have committed a minor breach of the health protection regulations. Our deputy political editor, Nicholas Cecil, does this put more pressure on Boris Johnson and... It has never been illegal, banned by any kind of rule, even under Oliver Cromwell to make music together in our country, in the whole history of human existence, until now. Associate Editor Julian Glover, as the proms announces its return this summer, why the country needs live music back. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the Leader Coronavirus Daily. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, police say Dominic Cummings' trip to Durham might have broken the rules. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Dominic Cummings has always insisted that his dash from London to Durham with his wife and child and their visit to Barnard Castle was not against the law. In terms of the rules, I think that the, um, I think that the, you know, the rules made clear that if you're dealing with small children, then that could be that can be exceptional circumstances. After that press conference in the Downing Street Rose Garden, he was given the Prime Minister's backing. Now, though, Durham police say they're not so sure. The Barnard Castle trip might have been a minor breach, they say, but won't be taking any further action. Boris Johnson was already under pressure from senior members in his own party who feel the affair is undermining efforts to keep the country safe. And our political editor, Nicholas Cecil, is with me now. Nicholas, what have Durham police actually said? They've issued quite a detailed statement and um, it needs to be read very carefully. First of all, they haven't said that Dominic Cummings definitely has committed an offence. What they say is that he may have committed a minor breach of the health protection regulations in relation to the COVID epidemic. 
And this relates to a trip he did uh, with his wife and child to Barnard Castle, which is around um, 26 miles from his father's estate in County Durham. And what Durham police are saying is that if they had stopped him during this journey, an officer would probably have spoken to him and would likely have advised him to return to the address in Durham where he'd come from. On the other matter of whether he breached the rules driving from London to County Durham, the Durham constabulary say they don't consider by locating himself to his father's premises that there was a breach. The police in Durham are not going to take any further action. They have taken a generally softly, softly approach to dealing with coronavirus offences. So they're generally speaking to people rather than finding people. Downing Street very quickly made clear that Mr Cummings would not be resigning. They put out a statement within minutes saying the Prime Minister has said he believes Mr Cummings behaved reasonably and legally given all the circumstances and he regards his issue as closed. Now, to say that Mr Cummings behaved legally seems possibly at odds with what Durham Constabulary have said. Yeah, but this line might have been a minor breach doesn't entirely clear things up really does it it all leaves a bit of leaves a bit of a murky feeling around this yes it's not entirely clear why durham constabulary have used that phrase it may be that because they could not know for certain how they would have responded to such an incident but that's really left hanging slightly by the statement certainly Downing street would seize the opportunity to basically quickly to try to move on again from this row there's another interesting point which emerged this morning, which was even if Mr Cummings had not broken the regulations, had he broken the moral code, what the public were expected to do uh, during lockdown? And very interestingly, the Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, was asked four times this morning on the radio whether he felt Mr Cummings had done, quote, the right thing by driving from London to Durham. And he refused to say that. So there certainly seems to be some doubt about that in some ministers' minds. And there have been a number of quite senior Tory MPs suggesting that Dominic Cummings should go. Yes, certainly dozens of Tory MPs have spoken out. Many of them have received hundreds of emails from fewest constituents feeling that there's one rule for the general public and one ruling for the London elite um, running the country. And more and more have come out as the days have gone on voicing these concerns. We had two senior MPs actually warning this morning that lives could be put at stake. Because if people decide that if Mr Cummings doesn't have to follow the rules, they don't have to follow the rules, then the public health measures to protect the country are going to be put in jeopardy. To, certainly to a degree. And this came out before the Durham Police statement. Does that statement change anything? Does it apply more pressure to the Prime Minister to do something? Not hugely uh, at this stage. The only thing that would change now is if a lot more MPs came out and demanded that Mr Cummings go. But Boris Johnson has made it very clear that he's got no intention of sacking his number 10 top aide. But the whole matter is, is deeply damaging for the government. 
Not only does it overshadow the launch of the test and trace system that went live this morning, but Boris Johnson is also announcing further relaxation measures, or certainly is expected to do so today. And yet the focus is still on this controversy that refuses to go away. Next. Really good news for London. Next week, the Wigmore Hall, one of the world's greatest chamber music venues, a place I love very much, is starting on Monday at lunchtime with a live concert. Stephen Huff, a great pianist playing, It'll be broadcast on Radio 3. So music making is coming back to London. Associate editor Julian Glover on live music returning to the UK. Welcome back. Now. Nothing has ever stopped the proms. When the bombs fell on the Queen's Hall in 1941, they upped sticks and moved it to the Albert Hall instead. This year, the threat is coronavirus, which has silenced Britain's concert spaces. But maybe not the proms. The BBC's announced a series of archived and live, yes, live performances with the ambition to put musicians in the Albert Hall once more and maybe allow an audience. That could mean Elgar will play on and our editorial column is delighted. Would coronavirus do what the Blitz never did and silence the proms? That was the fear. Choirs are banned. Orchestras parted. Opera has lost its voice. Jazz has gone. Rock isn't rocking. Pop isn't partying. So it's good news that a proms of sorts will happen this summer. And it's good news that live classical music is returning to London before then, with the start of concerts at Wigmore Hall next week. The government has said repeatedly that it wants live football back, but sadly we've heard less from ministers about music. They should remember it matters too, and that it's their job to help make it happen. A century ago, Germans mocked Britain as the land without music. We proved them wrong then. The music must play on now. Our associate editor Julian Glover's with me now. And Julian, I thought live music was dead. Culture mustn't be dead. We have to keep it alive. We love it. It matters immensely. I get depressed. Am I allowed to say this? I get depressed to hear endless discussion of when football's coming back but we don't talk enough about the thing we've really lost from our lives which is live music live culture not just as a sort of entertainment but as part of the human expression of the joy of being alive so the good news is it's beginning to come back we're getting in other parts of europe places that have managed covid better than we've done which is the entire world unfortunately um in other parts of europe it's been happening for a bit i've been watching from the Munich Opera House, these these extraordinary live concerts every Monday night. Well, the big question hanging over London has been, are we going to have a proms season? The BBC's announced it wants to have the proms. It's going to start with recorded music and broadcast that and show it on television. But it aims to get back by the end of August with live music in the Royal Albert Hall. It hasn't set out all the details today, and that's deliberate because it's pushing to work out what it can do rather than locking itself in. But the plan will be to have live musicians, and I think they're hoping to get 
some people in. It won't be many, but somebody will be there to hear it. I did see in that BBC press release that very careful insertion of the word ambition. It's our ambition to get into the Royal Albert Hall. It would, though, be nice, wouldn't it? And would it make a difference if the only people there the orchestra themselves, and there's no audience. When Jonas Kaufmann, the great singer, began the Munich series of concerts, he ended it with a little speech after he'd sung, saying, it's not the same without an audience. And he's right. Music is about listening, sitting still, cheering. It depends what kind of music you're, you're at, at a great rock concert. It's taking part. It's the people make the sound better. Next week, really good news for London, next week, the Wigmore Hall one of the world's greatest chamber music venues, a place I love very much, is starting on Monday at lunchtime with a live concert. Stephen Huff, a great pianist playing, It'll be broadcast on Radio 3. So music making is coming back to London and it's brilliant news. And let's say that at least some people can go to the Albert Hall. How are they going to get there, Julian? That's actually quite a tricky question. The transport issue is one of the things that, that these venues are worrying about. Because if people are told they can't come on the tube and the congestion charge is £15 now, maybe for good reasons, it's a big issue. Places like the Wigmore Hall are worried that on top of the, the sort of decline of inner London life, the loss of, the loss of travel, uh, easy travel, that the fear of using the tube is going to, going to put people off even trying to come. So they may reopen only to find the audiences stay away. So I've written a column today about a remarkable man that, that I bumped into a few years ago called Andy Byford. Um, he's British, he's obsessed with transport, he doesn't drive, uh, he's full of energy. He ran the transport system in New York. He's coming to London to take over, running Transport for London. He's going to be the boss of everything. I think he is the guy to do it. It's going to be a nightmare of a job, but he's got the energy to do it. There is one thing that needs to happen soon, which is we have a social distancing rule of two metres. Nobody quite knows why. I mean, maybe four metres would be safer. Perhaps, you know, ten metres would be safer. But anyway, we went for two metres. Lots of other places didn't. Spain, I think, has two metres. Germany has one and a half metres. France, somewhere between a metre and a metre and a half. It makes a massive difference to public transport. So getting that clarity is important. Johnson is clearly getting the message. I know people have been telling him. He hasn't made a decision on that. The government doesn't make many decisions on anything at the moment. Uh, that's one of the big tasks transport bosses will have to do, to show it can be safe to have a metre apart, to get people using the tube. And the message will need to shift from don't use the tube or buses unless you're a key worker to use it carefully as part of normal life. And actually on that issue of the two metre social distancing and bringing it back to culture just for a second, Julian, I've seen photographs of theatres who have ripped out some of their seats. So you've got two seats, then a big gap, then another two seats. And I've seen these and I thought, that's actually a little bit sad. And also, I wonder how much tickets are going to cost if half the auditorium can't be filled. Yeah, so those are heartbreaking pictures. And of course, those are not done at two metre social distancing. So it'd be even tougher here. Yeah, can you imagine going to a rock concert where you sort of had to stand alone and gyrate or, or you know, miles away with somebody else? It's just not going to happen. I mean, obviously, all this is lunatic. I mean, we have to be honest here. I mean, none of it's going to happen. You know, as soon as, as, soon as you open a cafe or a shop, everybody just behaves normally. And that's what they should do, because I'm a heretic in all of this. I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, slightly doubtful that the public are ever going to social distance we just got to get back to normal life but yeah they're going to pretend and what they'll do at the start is show this is what it looks like at least get some people in there um 
they haven't thrown the seats away they've taken out. They can always put them back. The, the bolts will be on the floor to put them in. Um, but we can't just wait until the mysterious vaccine arrives or until somehow we're guaranteed it's safe to start to do things. So it's really important we bring this back because we can't just have these sort of amateur live streams. It was very charming for a little bit at the start of lockdown to see famous and not so famous people playing the oboe in their bathroom. But that's not real music making. It's it's a sort of desperate, sad thing. I mean, just think about it. It has never been illegal or banned by any kind of rule, even under Oliver Cromwell, to make music together in our country, in the whole history of human existence, until now. It has never happened before, and we have to get away from that restriction as soon as we can and allow people to perform together. We can't just hang around hoping that one day some committee somewhere will tell us it's safe. We've got to get on with it. And that's the Leader Coronavirus Daily. You can keep up with all the latest COVID-19 developments with the Evening Standard's live blog, which you'll find at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.